0: Welcome back to episode two of Forced Family Fun.
1: The uh, podcast for relatable tips and tricks to get your entire family
0: adventuring outdoors. I, I can't believe we actually settled on a tagline.
1: I know. It took a while, but we did it.
0: Yep. If you were listening to the last episode, we were debating about What to even put in that? I didn't know. Like, when I was writing it in on the whole podcast description, it said, you can have 600 words. I'm like, this is going to be way less than 600 words.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's a podcast about parents doing cool things with their kids.
0: I'm going to sneak in later, though, and I'm going to add things to the descriptions.
1: (laughs) To see if I notice.
0: No, to generate more hits, like (laughs) cake building. and um,
1: Just things completely unrelated.
0: Yes, yes. uh, Taxes. Canadian taxes. (laughs) Anyway, right. anyway, anyway, yes. Um. So, we are in the midst of planning right now, in less than 24 hours, yep. w- we are going to be doing some winter camping with the kids.
1: Some cushy winter camping, what I consider cushy winter camping.
0: Yeah, for a few reasons. One, so we live in West Michigan, and right now, winter does not feel like winter. It is 30s, there's like barely any snow on the ground. And this had happened to us the last time. Well, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute about where we're camping, but it's definitely not brutal winter, snow, storm.
1: Not the typical Michigan winter that I grew up in, that we used to live in, and that we love.
0: Yes. It's climate change.
1: <laughs> we won't get into that on this podcast. No, that's
0: that's a whole other podcast I'm involved in. But,
1: but yeah, we're... Uh, we were wishing there was more snow, but this will be the weather will be very nice for spending most of the day outside. Yeah.
0: The other part of why it's cushy is that we're actually gonna have like a wood stove where we're going. We're, go- we're going in a yurt. And if you've never been in a yurt, let me explain what a yurt is. It's like a tent, like a like a circular dome tent, but it has wooden sides. It's got canvas around the outside of it, but inside it's a wooden floor. It's like 15 feet wide, so you got room for bunk beds. There's a table in there. The wood stove makes it nice and hot, and we've done this before. When we first moved to this part of Michigan, our, our first winter, we rented a yurt thinking, oh, great, winter camping, and it was this freak rainy warm day like we started snowshoeing and it was just raining and we got soaked we, we tried to build a snowman and, it, and the it...
1: snowman I, re- I was actually looking through pictures and the kids uh put the umbrella that we had in the back of our car uh the snowman was holding the umbrella because it was raining
0: yeah it um
1: this, we had fun.
0: We had fun. It got hot. I remember the wood stove got really hot at night, and I was sweating inside there. So it didn't feel like winter camping. So, Not at all. So here we thought, okay, a few years later, and you got to book these things out months ahead of time because you know they get booked up.
1: Um, this this yurt was um, it's in one of the state parks, and at least in Michigan, um, if for the majority of state parks, if you don't book your site or your yurt, out six months in advance to the day. I mean, many of the popular ones get um, get booked up very, very quickly. Yeah. So we, you kind of have to take a crapshoot on the weather because you're making your reservation so far in advance.
0: Yep. So it's Muskegon State Park. I, mean, mm-hmm. I think we can put that out there, right? Again, not sure. a, not affiliated, not sponsored, blah, blah, blah. Um, but we thought, okay, this year, this will be the year we finally have some snow. And it's all melty. It's going to be high 30s.
1: I think it got close to 50 degrees today.
0: Yeah. Um, so we're, we'll hike around. We'll have fun in the woods. But again, it won't feel like winter. The
1: uh, the draw for this yurt for for us, we love cross-country skiing. And there are ski trails literally right outside the door to this yurt. And so in my mind, you know, my iconic daydream (laughs) is we would um our kids are on winter break or midwinter break this week and so you know we would go out and we would have a cozy evening and then we'd wake up and have a nice breakfast and then we'd ski right from the front door to the yurt and then when we got cold and tired we'd come in and have hot cocoa and then go out for round two and three and four but alas thwarted for the second year.
0: Yeah. Oh, well. It'll That's be, okay. It'll still be a blast. Yeah. It'll be fun to get outdoors.
1: Sort of outdoors.
0: Yes. Um, we were outdoors today for a while. Yeah. We, we did a little hike on the North Country Trail. Um, took the kids after church. We did. And just a couple of miles. Nothing drastic.
1: No, but we're, we're trying to clip away at uh, the North Country Trail has a, a challenge where... Um, You try to hike 100 miles of it every year. And so this is uh, the first year that we're attempting to do that as a family. And so, you know, every couple mile helps.
0: You You know, one thing that we were examining today, so... Uh, you know, we have kids, and the kids' feet are constantly growing. So, as it is right now, Lind- Lydia has some good w- hiking boots, and Corbin does not currently have good hiking boots, and so <laughs> no. we gave him the choice today. Do you you know, do want to wear your winter boots when we go hiking? Oh, and he wanted to wear his tennis shoes. And we're like, are you sure, buddy? He's like, yeah, tennis shoes. His feet were soaked. It was just slush.
1: To his credit, he did not complain a bit, though.
0: Nope, not once. So, and here's a, here's a little tip that we did. Is he had his little pack with him, so he, it, was, it was full with, you know, stuff to carry. He brought comfy, warm socks to change into after. After, So he knew yes. when we were done and when we were back that he had his, and, and by the way, our son is a creature of comfort. If it is warm, if it is fuzzy, snuggly, he is all about it.
1: That's actually his uh, little trail name. We don't all have trail names, but he definitely has earned his, and his trail name is Snuggles because that kid I mean at home he sleeps in like 18 blankets and a sleep mask and
0: <laughs> I, I don't know a lot of kids who use a sleep mask
1: I, and it's just he's got multiple sleep masks mhm you know so um yep yeah,
0: that kid loves comfort yeah
1: but anyway i mean we're we're kind of rambling so, Hun, what what are we talking about tonight?
0: Well, tonight we are talking about uh, a little bit different kind of adventuring uh, with families, and this one involves transportation. I'm going to give you three choices, Kellen. All right, A, B, or C. We're either going to be talking this is about kind of cheating. Well, oh, you know what we're talking about? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we're either going to be talking about A, road trips. Okay. B, kayak trips. Okay. Or C, cross-country biking trips.
1: Oh, I want to do all of these things, just FYI. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two of the three we have done. Mm -hmm. One we have not. Um, So I'm going to throw out the one that we have not done yet, and we are not talking about um, cross-country biking. But that is definitely on my bucket list. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a feeling... Hmm. Kayaks? Kayaks. Are you talking kayaks?
0: Kayaks it is. All right. Kayaks it is. Um,
1: Kind of doing a 180 from the winter stuff, but that's good. Yeah. That's good. I like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're we're looking forward to summertime. Um,
1: It's basically summer right now anyway, right? Yeah.
0: So some of you who are listening, you may, this might be a hope or a desire for you to do with your family where you pile stuff in the kayak. And you float down a river for a day, and at the end of the day, you pull out where you might be and set up camp and just have a great time camping alongside a river.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we've been able to do this with our family, but it's taken a little prep to get there. Yes. Um, let us walk you through some of the history, uh, and so you can learn from our, I like to call them our refinements.
1: Oh, that's, that's good. I was just going to say they were dumb mistakes. But... Uh, oh, yes. <laughs>
0: Um, should we turn the clock back to, I don't know, 2013?
1: I don't even know when that was. 2014? It was, it was, the kids were very young. Mm -hmm. Like, our son was a baby. And uh, no, we did not, on this first kayak trip, take them. No. (laughs) And and that might be a good first point. That when you're trying something new, um, whatever that may be, sometimes if you're able to it's not a bad idea to almost do a recon trip where it's just the adults to kind of work the kinks out before you involve kids into the mix because that's enough of a wild card you kind of want to have your ducks in a row beforehand but yeah yeah
0: um yeah so what it is is we have a tandem kayak and and so where two of us sit in the same kayak it's got a little bit of an open space in the middle and so what we were going to do was a, a three-day four-day trip um, down the Osable river in michigan and we were going to put in and we were going to float and we were going to spend three nights um, camping and we were going to f- uh, go from kind of point a to point b and then kellen's parents were going to pick us up at the end Uh, near a dam and then we would drive back and and that was going to be it so no hiking on this trip just Uh,
1: floating and paddling and camping
0: no and so all of our all of our gear all of our food everything we were going to bring with us had to come into the kayak and so we started planning this trip out a few months in advance you know what what are we going to bring and so we, we looked at the gear we had and at that time, a lot of our gear would not be considered lightweight gear.
1: Or backpacking gear at all.
0: <laughs> no, but that's okay because we were on a kayak.
1: We, yep, um,
0: yep. So just to just give you an idea, um, we had like full-size camping chairs. We Like had- the kind
1: that goes in bags.
0: Yep. We had, like, the kind you go tailgating with.
1: Yes, yes.
0: We had a four-person tent for the two of us.
1: Which was the only tent we had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Decent tent. Yep.
0: Nice tent. Maybe a little bit big for our needs. Uh, we had our clothes. We had our bags. We had our food.
1: Uh, we, we did carry backpacks, like, hiking backpacks. Uh, you had had a fairly decent one, and then we got this... Gigantic mammoth ninety liter Kelty that was probably older than me um, for myself off of Craigslist.
0: Yeah. And did we did we even have any dry sacks? No, I should, did, Didn't we borrow some from Pam and Keith?
1: Oh, maybe maybe we did. Or maybe that, we yeah. did.
0: or that might have been the second. Anyway, yep. I think we had a, a, some dry sacks to keep some stuff dry, which was good. We'll talk about that in a minute. So we get to where we're going to put in for this, and it was May-ish, you know, definitely springtime, and we had been looking online, and we had been looking at maps, and we had plugged in all the coordinates that we needed to do into our GPS. By the way, this is before phones were really good at doing your GPS stuff, so we had a nice Garmin GPS handheld unit, and that was going to tell us where we were Um, On the river and and, and our waypoints to look out for. So we thought we were going pretty high tech with this. And we load the kayak up. And I think, did we talk about in the last episode about me being the master packer? Yes. Yes, we did. So not only did those skills work at fitting things into trunks (laughs) and car spaces, I was able to attach all of our gear to the kayak with some creativity.
1: So think about this. You know kayaks. They do not have... A lot of space in or on them. Somehow we fit two adults, two backpacks, one of which was a 90 liter, two full-size folding tailgating chairs, and a four-person tent. Yes. And
0: maybe so, a tripod as well i don't i was into photography back then so.
1: who knows i mean at this point we we were yeah. kind of just throwing the kitchen mm-hmm. sink in there
0: and so we we loaded up and we got in the kayak and the first thing we realized before we even pushed off from where we were putting it we were sitting low in the water uh,
1: like like the the water level was basically in line with the top of our kayak. Yeah,
0: there was not a lot of wiggle room here.
1: Maybe maybe an inch to where you know if if there was even the slightest wave, we would be getting wet.
0: So, but we're <laughs> we're, we're still ready to go with it. We figured we'd eat the food on the way. And- yep,
1: and we were just we were gonna have fun. We figured we were floating, and that was good mm-hmm. enough for us. So we pushed off.
0: Yep, and now now another thing is when we were planning this trip out. We did not take into consideration the season and how that affected the water. It was springtime, like (laughs) and as we were going, the water was a lot faster than what we had remembered that particular river being from other, you know, just solo day trips and things on that river. And so when we had all that weight and we were both in our big kayak. And we were going down the river that was much faster. We didn't have to actually paddle to go anywhere. We had to simply both be rudders to try to bank and steer and to hang on as this was rushing us uh, <laughs> down the river.
1: Yeah, it was uh, probably didn't help that we were super heavy. We, I mean, that kayak was booking.
0: Yes. <laughs> now, so we had made it, a, I don't know, an hour or so. And we there was a couple times where we were having trouble navigating around corners. One of the things about tandem kayaks... Uh, As opposed to a single kayak is you really have to have good communication with the people that you're with or a good rhythm going where, you know, you kind of know what the person in the back is doing steering wise. You can see what the person in the front is doing. And if you until you hit that rhythm, it can be frustrating. Yep. And so, you know, that's one thing to keep in mind. If if you're going with your spouse or a kid or someone on this, just know you got to get in sync pretty early on. Or or you're going to have a little bit of frustration around every corner because you're thinking they're doing one thing and they think you're doing another thing.
1: Yeah, it's like a tandem bike only on the water. Yeah.
0: Ish. Uh, I've never ridden a tandem bike. I have not either. All right, we're putting that on the list. Okay. Tandem bike. Um, But I remember, and this is the only time this has actually happened in our life, is we were going around a corner. And there was a particular set of branches that had fallen into the river, some bramble, and we were trying to avoid it. And so we were trying to bank at pretty sharp angle. And because of how low we were sitting and we had to tip a little bit, water came into the kayak and we dumped
1: it. We dumped everything we we
0: we flipped it over we were in the water we were standing like chest high was
1: floating everywhere
0: and this is you know the very beginning of our trip the weirdest thing or i guess luckiest thing uh say a little serendipity here is we look right where we had dumped and it was right by a dock for a public put-in in in another part of the river. So we had an easy place to pull right out. Um, We weren't, you know, kind of stranded in the middle of a field or woods or something. We had a nice, easy place to pull out right where we dumped it. So that was really good.
1: Yes, and the majority of our stuff, because of the sheer uh, way that you packed it, like sardines, actually did not come out of the kayak.
0: No, that was good packing.
1: (laughs) And It was just all... Very, very wet,
0: yes, yes. Um, and so we get everything out, and you know, luckily, it's a nice sunny day, and we were able to change clothes and kind of resskituate everything into the kayak, but we realized we had lost the GPS. Yes. in the in the flurry of getting dumped, um, we couldn't find the GPS, and I don't remember if I was holding it or you were holding it or how, but one of us realized that it had fallen out of her hands and was in the water somewhere. And what color was it? Like gray? Yep, it's gray. Like a dark gray and somewhere at the bottom of a riverbed. Um, But we needed that GPS. Without that, we didn't have a map with us. We didn't have, you know, we weren't going to be sure. Mistake number one. We weren't sure where our waypoints or our our pullout spots were going to be because we had never done this section of river before.
1: Our phones both were soaking. Oh, yeah. And they were
0: dead. Yeah, we killed our phones. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That'll come into play later. (laughs) I remember that. And so, oh, yeah, we had to like, we didn't have like rice, but we're like, let's put it in a t-shirt or something to try to soak water. Yeah, we killed our phones. (laughs) Um, and so I'm like, or right, I'm going to try to find this GPS. And so I'm wading out into the river. It's rushing past me, but I'm hoping upon hope and praying that I'm going to find this GPS. And I remember you were kind of shaking your head, like, I'm it's, like gone. it's
1: gone, it's gone. I was mad because it was expensive and we were, you know, poor, barely out of college. And
0: <laughs> so i I'm, I'm in the water. And I remember I'm saying a prayer, saying a little prayer, like, all right, God, I I need some help here. And I swear to you, lo and behold, it was like a single beam of sunlight cut through a cloud and shone into that water and illuminated the GPS right there. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I was able to reach down and I grabbed it and I pulled it out uh, against all odds, found this GPS in the river. And it was still working, it was still clicking along, it was waterproof, so it was fine, and GPS held strong for the rest of the trip. So that was, that was good. It was good. <laughs> we needed a little moral boost at that point.
1: Yes, and so, I mean, that it was a cluster of a trip, mm-hmm. but it was a fun trip. We did end up cutting it a day early because the weather turned nasty. Yeah.
0: So our first night, we were able to pull out and camp. And that was really nice yep. where we were. And it was right by the river. And it was very scenic. But the the second day was kind of just rainy and cold. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were already kind of weighed down a little bit with all of our stuff. And it just, I don't know. It we was, didn't
1: have rain gear.
0: You No, know, and it wasn't supposed to rain. So it kind of just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and so we pull out that night at the place that we were going to. And we realized we had another day and another night ahead of us, and we, I don't know. We just didn't have it in us. Yeah. This was one of our our first forays. We're like, we're done. We're going to, you know, let's let's call your folks to come pick us up at this location instead of where we were going to meet. But, of course, our cell phones didn't work. And so we had no way to actually contact them when we got there, for one thing, or them to contact us. Right. um, But, you know, for any, like, updates. And so we actually had to do the old school. When we pulled out of our second place, we were able to find a road a little ways away. And from Mm -hmm. that road, there was a very kind of run-down party store, convenience store that we found. I don't even know what town this was. I have
1: no idea. But it had hot coffee.
0: Had hot coffee, but more importantly, it had one of the last remaining payphones in yes. the world. <laughs> and I, I remember <laughs> it was. It worked. It was older than all ghetto, and we we called your your folks, and I, I think they were a little miffed because they didn't recognize the number. And everyone screens, you know, when they don't recognize the number these days. Um, But we were able to tell them our our situation, and so uh, they came out the next day. We stayed there that night, and and they came out and got us. Uh, And so that was, I'll say this, had we done that trip with the kids and made the same mistakes that we made, they would have been in misery. It would have been a story, but we would have been a little bit more worried about the outcome of it had Um, it not been just you and me.
1: Yeah, we were just inconvenienced, and we do have a story, but we never felt in danger. We never really...
0: We had each other. (laughs) Um, She laughs. laughs.
1: But, you know, it was good to have made those mistakes initially, just you and I, you know. And so then when we took future trips with the kids... We knew what not mm-hmm.
0: to do. I think part of it too. They're age appropriate. That would not have been an age appropriate trip.
1: No, back when um, they were like infant and two. Yeah, absolutely not.
0: Now, like when we do kayaking trips with the kids, now we 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 make them wear life jackets. You know, mm-hmm. even though they know how to swim, but yeah, wear your life jacket, your kid. You know, this this will sweep you away. Um, I. At that age or younger age, I would be really weary of taking kids prolonged on the water where there is a potential for, for danger like that.
1: Yeah. And again, that's that's where being prepared would make all the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just not going out there willy-nilly without knowing what you're getting yourself into. You know, some, some things you can kind of wing it, mm-hmm. um, especially with kids. <laughs> you know, yeah. you kind of have to wing things anyway, but... But especially when water is involved, I feel like you have to take an extra step to make sure that you're prepared in all circumstances.
0: Yeah. So we did a second trip of the same thing. We wanted to redeem our first one. Yes. And so a few years later, we did a trip down the Manistee River. And so this one was a couple years later. Kids were a little older, but we still did it just Kellen and me. And it was a little bit of a different style. We were going to put in in one spot at a dam. We were going to float in the same kayak uh, down just one day. And we were going to pull out. And where we pulled out, there was actually a campsite. We were going to camp there. We were going to leave the kayak and some of, some of our gear or just the kayak. No, just the kayak. Just the kayak. And then we were going to take the next few days and we were going to hike back up a trail to where we had started and where our vehicle was and then kind
1: of a loop but half the loop was in the water and half the loop was on trail
0: yep was that is that an out and back or a loop because you're not taking the exact same path
1: i would call that a loop
0: okay um and so yeah and so that was that was our plan now kind of a funny thing to to overshadow this this was back in the in the day when everyone was kind of freaked out about blood moons There was like all these blood moons happening in a year. And, you know, it was going to be one of the nights it was going to be, I don't know, the fifth blood moon. And people are like, aren't you worried about
1: camping in the blood moon? (laughs) Like what?
0: No. No. It was actually
1: a gorgeous night.
0: Yeah. The irony, though, is we did get a padlock for our um, kayak that, you know, so that when we left the kayak, we could lock it up. And I put the code. It's one of those locks where you can put letters to the code. I named it moon. Yep. So now yeah. you know the code. If you can find my kayak and you see it locked up, you can uh, you can <laughs> unlock it if you so choose.
1: Yes. But um, we made a lot of adjustments on that trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, we left the full size chairs at home mm-hmm. and the four person tent. Um, we ended up just I don't even know where we came across this. It was the tiniest two person tent. It looked like it was made by Fisher-Price. I liked
0: that tent. <laughs> <laughs> I get made fun of for this tent by everyone who ever sees it. Because it, look, it looks space-age.
1: Well, and I mean... Anyway, yeah. It was just a tiny two-person tent, but it uh, served mm. us very well. Um, I still had that. We used the same backpacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had much less drama, yeah. <laughs> I would say. I would say we dialed in what needed to happen on that sort of trip um, much better. And there were a lot of uh, differences between the first time we went kayak camping and the second time we went kayak camping.
0: We had Red Wolf 1.
1: Yep, that was our trusty old...
0: Uh, it was a Ford Explorer. Okay. Yeah, it was wonderful. I love that car. I wish I had it back.
1: Um, but yeah, that, that was good.
0: Mm-hmm. What You know, we did get some water, take some water into the kayak, or some came in, because I remember I had shoes.
1: Oh, yeah. And my
0: shoes were just kind of sitting in the kayak. They weren't in a dry sack or anything. I thought they'd be protected inside the shell of the kayak, but they got wet just from the day sloshing. And these were the shoes I was going to wear on the hike back. And, you know, I I tried to dry them up by the fire, but they just weren't going to dry. And so... I decided um, I was gonna. I have some of the Vibram Five Fingers, uh, like the toe shoes I call them, and I'm like, well, I suppose I'll just wear these for a couple of days, and they worked pretty good for for hiking back. I yeah. I will say I was pleasantly surprised how well my feet held up in that.
1: As was I. I I was kind of curious about that when we started.
0: Yep. So those were good. Um, so one of the tips and tricks we learned um, now. We, we, since we knew we didn't have to hike the first day, we were floating the first day, we brought some special food with us that, you know, normally you wouldn't think of for backpacking, but we saved that kind of stuff for later. We brought pasta, we brought wine, we brought spaghetti sauce and bread, like we had like a nice meal.
1: We had a fine Italian dinner the first night. and. This can also translate really well to doing things with kids. You know, if you're doing something like this, you know, bring fun food. You don't have to bring a freeze-dried meal. You know, have have real food and make it something that your kids are excited about because it's something to look forward to through the day. I mean, I don't know how many times when we were on this trip, we were looking forward to our, you know, spaghetti and wine over the fire at night.
0: hmm now, um, do we want to talk about Billy Blood Moon?
1: Let's save that one for a different podcast. Okay.
0: Um, yeah, There there was a character we met on this trip, but it's kind of a... He, yeah, it, it's more than I to, can...
1: To be continued. It's
0: more than I can get into in the anecdote of this story. But uh, yeah, special friends on, on trips. We'll talk about that sometime.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Okay. Yes. Um, But then what happened after, you know, we we floated down, we pulled out, everything went as planned. Um, We had a fire and had dinner and we, you know, set up camp and went to sleep. And then the next day, of course, we locked up the kayak um, and then we hiked back for two days. And that was a really good way to do that. We were tired when we were done um you know kind of the fun thing i like when we were on the river we were kind of always watching to see a good halfway point to where we might want to camp and there was one little peninsula i said oh that would be a fun place to set up camp Mm -hmm. and and sure enough that's what we did on our hike back uh we did swimming i went skinny dipping uh in the river and i did not and uh, it was quite fun so (laughs) Now we'll get to the third part of this, where we finally integrate. Finally
1: integrated our children.
0: And so what we did is, we did the same trip on the Manistee River, where we floated down. And we didn't actually do the hike back with them. We just did the float and the camping part with the kids.
1: Yep. this was, gosh, a couple years ago. And they were still... I mean, they could have done it, but they... um, well no they they didn't really have any backpacking gear yet. you know they have done lots of hikes and lots of lots of camping. Uh, but we figured for their first type of adventure like this that we would maybe do part one, and then if that went well, we would do it again as the full mm-hmm. the full loop so yeah we um we did make
0: we picked up a second t- tandem kayak.
1: Yes. Yeah, there's no way four of us would fit into one tandem kayak. So we had two kayaks, and we did one kid and one adult in each.
0: Um, Which is a good way if you're training kids on how to navigate a river and kayak uh, rather than just throw them in a singleton by themselves. Although I have seen people do that and then tie one yeah,
1: to the yeah, other yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be an interesting...
0: Yeah. But anyway, we did... T- so it was the boys and the girls.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And... Uh, we floated down. Now, one thing we, uh, we noticed on this trip, um, uh, just the time of the year, it was around Memorial Day weekend. So it was May getting into summer, but not quite summer yet. So as soon as the sun went away, like it was hot during the day, but once that it sun, got very it very cold, cold quick. Mm-hmm. And so by the time we came out of the river, the sun was starting to set.
1: And the kids were actually shivering already. Cause you know, we started the day out in our swimsuits. hmm Um, but the, the nice thing, I think you had the, the lovely foresight and I, I kind of scoffed at this idea, but in the end I was very glad we made this call. We actually ended up, uh, initially driving to where we were going to end and we set up camp ahead of time, which I kind of felt was cheating a little bit, but in the end, it made for a much more pleasant experience. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we set up camp where we were going to end. And then we drove to the start, did our kayak trip, and ended where our tent was.
0: Now, the beauty of this was, if we would have flipped any of the kayaks over, if we could, would have gotten wet, whatever. Okay, big deal. We're wet on the river, but we have dry clothes waiting. We have a dry tent waiting. And we have everything that doesn't need to be on the river with us set up and waiting.
1: Yes, yeah, so we weren't, you know, at water level in our kayaks. We actually our kayaks functioned the way they were supposed to because they didn't have tons of gear in them. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I have a feeling we would have done a better job. Oh yes, packing. We've we've refined our uh, our gear slightly since that first time, um, but you know, the kids, by the time we got done, the kids were tired, it was a long day on the river, they were cold, and they were so grateful to come out when they saw our tent, uh, run into their packs, and grab a nice warm sweatshirt.
0: Yeah, right away. Mm -hmm. Um, That actually ended up working out really good because we got the fire going right away, and there were other people who were on the river um, that we saw at various places. They pulled out at the same place we did, but they didn't have any extra clothes in their swimsuits, and they were waiting for like an hour on their ride to come get them. And so we invited them to come to our fire, warm themselves up, um, you know, not not stand there shivering in a huddle, teenagers, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and I think, and I think, you know, it is not cheating. To make the best out of the, any situation you have, like if if there's a time where you don't need to carry something because you can set it up ahead of time, where if you can put some forethought or some uh, planning into something and save yourself potential problem, I, I think that's actually just being smarter. Yeah. Uh, and anytime you can, you can. know you can't always do that.
1: No, and you know it's just it's a different type of adventure, you know and. One type is not better than the other, it's just a different type of trip. And you know, sometimes I get caught up in oh, what's the right way to do this? And oh, even the more hardcore, way. yes. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm intense, <laughs> like camping, yeah. Is that, is that, is that a tent joke? <laughs> um, but you know, and I see how well my kids adapt when they are put into weird and atypical situations, and they do really well, and I don't want to sugarcoat things for them. You know, I want to be like, oh, you're going to walk uphill both ways in the snow with your pack, and you're going to love it, you know, And because they would. But at the same time, if you be smart about things i guess it, like like you were saying it yeah. it just they were happy we were happy you know we weren't any less we didn't have any less fun because we didn't schlep all of our stuff unnecessarily with us just to say we did you know so yeah i guess i don't know exactly what i'm trying to say right there yeah but
0: i get what you, i get what you're saying Let, let's talk for a second about so over our few camping kayak combo trips, yes, some of the things that we learned and picked up along the way um, as advice to others, like one, put your, I would say put your phone in a protective case.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Right, I,
0: I think it was the very next trip we took on anywhere near water that we had like those little plastic slide cases for phones. Now,
1: to be fair, they were in a plastic baggie.
0: Like a sandwich bag. Like
1: a sandwich baggie. We tried.
0: You got a good double zipper, if anything.
1: (laughs) We tried. Um, But yes, continue on. Continue on.
0: So I I would say that. I mean, an actual product or something made for your phone Mm -hmm. to protect it. Um, because if that happens, I mean, not only is that an inconvenience, like, oh, I can't take pictures, but sometimes it's a safety thing. Like your yep. phone is a way to call someone or if, if you, someone mm-hmm. got hurt, you know, you would want that phone yes. to be able to reach out. And so you want to make sure that that's protected in a good case. Now, my advice for that, and this is where me and Kellen may different, I don't have my phone out all the time on these trips to document. I keep mine tucked away and safe and secure. Kellen is more about the memories, which is great.
1: Yes, yes. I'm. I mean, my phone is out all the time because I like taking pictures. I like, you know, I like the special memories we have. Um, Dave's joking, laughing at me. Um, but just, I don't know. It's a mommy thing. That's what I do. Um one other thing that I think is important to say and I think it's very evident from kind of the um the way that our trips have evolved you definitely do not have to wait until you get the best gear or the quote correct gear or make sure you have all of your ducks in a row Um, Before you try something, you know, we made what we had work. Is it easier with the correct gear? Absolutely. (laughs) Is it, you know, less clunky and cumbersome? And will you be more comfortable if you have the correct things? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean you can't do those things with what you have. No.
0: I think... As long as we're talking about the correct gear. (laughs) I think dry sacks are worth their weight in gold. Absolutely, yes. Um, And we, you know, we didn't buy them at first. I don't even, we we own some now, but we borrowed them from friends. Um, You know, ask around. If you've got friends who go on different, like, adventures and similar things, they probably have the stuff you need in their garage. And if they're not using it that weekend, people tend to be more than happy to to lend that out. As long as you're, like, responsible and don't, like, lose it.
1: Well, and... Also, too, there are a lot of places – I know REI and I'm sure other kind of outdoorsy stores, they actually rent out gear, like backpacking gear, camping gear, um, sometimes skiing, kayaking gear, depending on your location. So you can rent things and you don't have to shell out the money to actually buy them for yourself. Mm -hmm. so that's something to keep in mind too to check out places that you can rent things from um so you can try it out to see if you even like this kind of adventure
0: yep i would say if you're kayaking also it's a good idea and this is this goes for any kind of trip let people know where you expect to be starting stopping staying the night that kind of thing um you know for us losing you know with our phones going down and and changing our plans it would have been really easy um for us to have miscommunications with people and them to wonder where we were and us to have no way to let them know
1: yeah yeah communication and and safety is is a huge key and that goes with having kids with you or without having kids with you i mm. might have a little bit more weight if you were having your children with you
0: Come yes back. um I mean, there's a lot of other things I'm sure we <laughs> learned along the way, but, you know, it's a process, yep. y- you know, like try before you bring the kids, you know, check it out, plan it out. At least if not the exact same river, the exact same trail, a similar kind of trip to know how you are with that and mm-hmm. then integrate the kids and and the kids will trust you more. If you have done something like that and you can say, hey, I've done this before, guys. We got this. That confidence will help them have a good time.
1: Yeah. And uh, on the note of letting your kids have a good time, I think this is one of our biggest struggles. And I say struggles. It's not really a struggle, but it's something that I always think about. It's, you know, what the heck are you going to do to keep the kids entertained that long i mean we were on the water for over four hours and you know they got bored after a while you know they they are good kids that love being outside but they got tired of paddling and they got bored and so i think it's always good to have in the back of your mind um just either some games or, you know, the ever-popular snacks or... <laughs>
0: we had a lot of snacks.
1: A lot of snacks. Um, just things to do to keep their minds engaged when their default is, I want to be done.
0: I remember one thing that kept Corbin entertained every now and then. I let him pee off the side of the kayak? Oh, my this, word. And this goes back to the last episode. Oh, the my word. Is this
1: going to ca- be a running Things you can theme? get away with
0: when you have kids. Oh Right? And, he, I mean, when he was getting a little squirrely, a little antsy, and he said he had to pee, I think he thought we were going to have to, like, pull over. I'm like, all right, go for it.
1: I I have no words. Right. I have no words. Lydia and I were just being responsible, respectable people on the river, and you boys were off doing who knows what. So I, in these instances, I am not affiliated with him. what. Well. <laughs> Maybe
0: maybe that's a good place for us to cut it tonight.
1: Oh, we can't end on me saying I'm not affiliated with you.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Um
1: Oh, let's see. What else do we have any other notes? We actually kind of planned these out.
0: Hmm. No. The the we the last of my notes was talking about whether it was cheating or not to, to set up camp ahead of time.
1: Uh so our, our final um statement on that is absolutely not. It's actually quite smart. Yes. Yes, um, so yeah, that that was our kayak camping adventures. I know that's something that we really like doing where um our daughter actually has been interested in the foldable kayaks she's she's expressed an interest in wanting to try um kayaking by herself, and we only have tandems. And so she she wants her own single kayak, which I thought is intriguing. And you know, the mommy and me is so excited that she wants to do something like that all by herself. Um, and so she was actually looking at the the foldable kind of plastic esque kayaks that you can you know fold into a suitcase size and. Um, her idea was that all four of us would each get one of these. You know, money is no, uh, it, it plays nothing into this situation. But <laughs> we would each take a foldable kayak and do one of these trips where we would each be kayaking ourselves. So I was, I was kind of excited that she kind of came up with that idea all by, all by herself and wanted to keep doing stuff like this.
0: No. And we've been able to, over the last year, take the kids kayaking. Not necessarily always spending the night while we do it, but out on more just day trips of kayaking, mm-hmm. portaging in weird places with the kayaks. Um, you know, so they've started to really kind of figure out their own ways and things that they like while doing that. Uh, Lydia got an adventure hat for kayaking like me. Um, Corbin had a really good tip, and I've adopted this from him, he likes to wear fingerless gloves when he kayaks, yep. and I and I see a lot of kayakers do that. But he, you know, he wanted to do it because the Pokemon guy wore fingerless gloves.
1: Why not? Yep. You know, Pokemon in the kayak. But you know, like whatever works mm-hmm. to, to get your kids excited about whatever you're doing. If fingerless gloves are the thing, let the kids wear fingerless gloves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, so we're I'm excited to do some some more kayaking and kayak camping this summer for sure
0: yeah all right all right thank you for listening
1: yes this this was a fun a fun one to kind of relive some of our initial trips a little walk down memory lane that you guys got to to sit around with us
0: by the way now that it's like official podcast land and we're like on the podcast apps and stuff you can subscribe Yes, we realize that
1: is a thing. I do not know if you can comment. I couldn't figure out if that was a thing. But you can subscribe, so please subscribe and uh, share this with all of your adventurous friends and family so they can hear about our crazy family as well.
0: And they can also have forced family fun. Oh, that was so cheesy.
1: (laughs) So cheesy. All
0: right. Bye-bye.